0: Home House. Welcome back to Pod Clubhouse's continuing coverage of the third season of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. This is for the fourth episode of the third season called Hands. This is
1: Paul. This is Caroline. This one was written by and directed by Daniel Palladino. I feel like I can always tell his voice in these ones, maybe because I'm so familiar with him, with things like For Gilmore Girls. I can always tell when there's a little more Daniel in these.
0: For me, it's usually tied up in how much music there is in an episode. This one, though, has a lot more sentimentality, I think, with the calling Joel. So why don't we dig in to that aspect of this story? The last episode we predicted, or I predicted, I won't, I won't rope you into this lousy <laughs> okay. prediction, that she would have not adapted her set well enough initially, and that, that there would have been bad repercussions before she saw improvement. However... I was wrong. She she adapted quickly and found her footing.
1: She did exactly the thing she needed to do, which was just embrace the fact that the audience was going to be completely different than what she was expecting from back in New York and that she just needed to give them like the primer essentially for who she is and what to expect from her jokes. And I think she did a fantastic job.
0: So I'm not even going to guess what she was feeling. I want to talk about it. What was she feeling when she has the absence of Susie as her as her pillar you know mm-hmm. she's gone back to deal with Sophie first thing she does is call Joel what what drove this
1: well this is a Paladino special that anytime we have some sort of low point in the female main character's life for, for a variety of re- reasons. Maybe they're feeling lonely. Maybe they're feeling forgotten. Maybe they're feeling like there's some sort of little crossroads in their life. And, and maybe something's going either good or bad in their life. But for whatever reason, they need someone to witness This, whatever Mm. it is, right? Lorelai would always call Christopher. Always have a fight with Luke, end up at Christopher's. Something's going on with her parents, end up talking to Christopher. It was something that, that Gilmore Girls fans would be like, why? Why did you sleep with him again? Why? This is just something that they have them do. And so, of course, here we are with Midge. Going back to Joel, this has happened earlier in the seasons where she's ended up sleeping with him again or whatever's going on. And I think at this point, she's just feeling a little lonely, which is a little off for me because we had the introduction of Carol last episode. It seems to me like you just would have wanted to go hang out with Shy and some of the other people, you know, I think she also maybe wanted to, I don't, I don't want to say show off. That's like way too strong. Have him come and see that she's being successful. That's
0: fair. Uh, as a, as opposed to calling Christopher in modern times or Rory constantly calling whatever the boy of the week Dean.
1: was. Dean, like, I mean, she goes back with him, you know, when, when she's just a little lost. Or then in Year in no a Life, she continuously goes back to Logan. Like, it's like a whole thing.
0: It is a whole thing. In this day and age, though, jetting out to Las Vegas from New York on short notice seems expensive to me. Be that as it may, he still gets out there. And I think you're right. It's some of that validation of, as she mentions, you saw me do that other show that you hated so badly previously. But I think the overriding feeling there, and, and this may, may not be a popular opinion, was some kind of just loneliness. You know, just I
1: think so, yeah. I mean, it was the first time she was so far away. She was without her kids, without her parents, without anybody that she has, or, you know, Imogene, all the people that she knows, and Joel's of easy you know like she knows that he can come out we can laugh we can have some drinks you know i don't know she likes to banter with him
0: i think that's an important point is that things with joel up until the morning were very easy they mm-hmm. they goofed around in a very low stakes you know we've already proven whatever we need to prove to each other kind of relationship you know the stealing the napkin and all that those hijinks
1: that was so fun because you and i just watched vertigo so kim novak that's like so funny to me that 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 was the actress they chose you yeah. know to be like pointing out and i was like kim novak oh! uh very cool very funny very something that i would be daring back and forth you would never go do it but you know i would go steal that napkin <laughs> yeah but never in a million would you go steal I'd that be napkin petrified <laughs> I would definitely go steal it and try to get her to sign it, probably.
0: You have no problem with that kind of thing.
1: But very cool. Kim Novak's lipstick on a napkin for imaging. Fun. Oh, that's a, a good friend. perfect outline of her lips. I uh, know, that's, but that's so fun. What a fun thing to send back to your friend. I love. Mitch is, she's cool and she's like, she's got that little something that makes you feel like, she's always like thinking about other people like that and also being just like kind of clever and a little bit, you know, adventuresome, a little silly, love it.
0: When Joel reveals, that he may have a girlfriend. Get it? I do. (laughs) What's your read on Midge in that scene? Like, well, these things might happen in this kind of relationship or is it more like i wasn't ready for that or what do you think
1: well she's dealt with the with the fallout of penny pan and like having to deal with the fact that there was like another woman so i don't think that it's nearly as you know stinging or anything as that but at the same time i think that there's some element of you think you know what's going on in the life of even an ex-partner you know because you're 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 sending kids back and forth you're you just had dinner with him you know if he had a girlfriend you'd think he would have said something so i feel i feel like that's what i was reading with her with more like oh like you have stuff going on in your life that i have no idea about which is more new you know she she was you know completely entrenched in his parents you know with you know everybody everybody's woven together so just to have like a whole part of your life that she's not aware of i think that felt hinky to her
0: as they say in the mob this is the life you chose right so she chose this on the road well, like i'm got, gonna work on my career she life got
1: cheated on first let's be real 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 fair, clear okay fair, he wanted to go have another fair. life elsewhere so she didn't choose that portion of it but she has to have a career that has you know income she wants to be able to provide for her family herself so yes this is a this is a different occupation than nine out of ten maybe way 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 more than that uh, would have ever chosen however i mean i think that you can't look at it like she's in any way being selfish or i don't that's how i kind of am reading your voice like well she chose this crazy life no
0: no well she chose a life where she's going to miss those details.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that that's fair. And she is going back and forth with him, talking with him. But clearly the kids, I mean, oh, my God, when Ethan would not quit saying the alphabet, you know, clearly the kids are the majority of their conversation, you know, which is completely reasonable and, and appropriate. For ex-spouses. Yeah, yeah for, right. and a, you know, going back and forth and all that stuff. Now, speaking of May, what do you think of May? What's your, what's your vibe off of her? Are you liking her, not liking her?
0: Oh, I like May. If I was Joel, I would have not gone to Vegas. I would have been like, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of focused on May. At the, I wouldn't, may not have told Midge that exactly right then. Whatever's happening with Midge is just going to confuse things with May like they just did.
1: I agree with you wholeheartedly that May is being very coy, but at the same time, they're at the beginning of something that really could be something great. So I think he was absolutely, you know, chancing it here by doing something like this and going out to Vegas, especially if to an ex-wife. That's a whole thing. But again, we said in our last conversation, I think May and Midge would be dynamite in conversations and back and forth. So I really hope that this continues to a place where we get all of them together in the same place
0: dynamite because they're being set up not to like each other? Uh, (laughs) No,
1: just everything. I think sparks will fly. I think they're both smart and witty and can read the situation, but they're going to be coming at Joel for in completely different ways. And I just, I could see there being like, you know, some white hot heat between those two. And in a possibly a very, very good way, you know, just being very good sparring partners, maybe frenemies.
0: The gift of the jukebox and that whole scene, I know you had uh, a lot to to say about all the men just standing around watching the, <laughs> the, the dance. You know what
1: though? Uh, what I was saying to you was that I thought it just showed us how bold that May is. She was completely looking at Joel, having a conversation with Joel, and despite the fact that there was three other men standing off to the sides, she wasn't shy or embarrassed or feeling in any way like she should be smaller than she is personality-wise, and that was refreshing. I love that she was willing to just dance and and even kind of couples, you know, like, I don't want to say slow dance, but like more intensely than just, you know, just dancing like separate from one another is that I don't know how to explain that exactly. But, you know, I mean, they were dancing together and all Mm -hmm. these men were watching on a lot. I mean, a lot of women would feel awkward. A lot of men would feel awkward. But Joel and May just like sucked together and like went right for it. Now, that's the thing about now having Midge and Joel get married in Vegas I mean, the stakes are super ratcheted up for this love triangle
0: in real life, even in that day and age, it seems like there'd be a way to annul that kind of thing quickly without One would think, but for TV purposes, it may not be so easy.
1: I have to think that it's just going to be an extra added road bump here in terms of you know, I think we all want to see midge. Move on from Joel. We all want to see her in a new relationship or just completely focused on herself and not even thinking about relationships right now. That's fine, too. You know, continuously going back to Joel and especially seeing that in divorce court, it wasn't like it was super simple to get divorced. They had to go back and forth with the judge. Right. Making me feel like if they have to go in front of another judge, this may be problematic.
0: (laughs) that would be funny if they had to go back in front of the same judge be like, didn't I just divorce
1: you two? I know. And he'd be like, I knew it. I had a feeling, you know, like, Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. I, this is, I, it's obviously, you know, a fly in the ointment here. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. I am guessing like you, that it's just going to be a paperwork thing. I'm hoping I got to think that those Vegas things, like there might actually be like a 48 hour hold before it's like filed (laughs) with the County or something. Right. Where they're like, if you want to come back, we'll just shred it pretend like this didn't happen at all. Uh, I mean, it feels that way.
0: Homer and Ned married a couple of floozies once, and it didn't (laughs) wreck their lives, right?
1: It didn't go well for a while. Well, yeah, right. (laughs) And I think that's what we're going to deal with here. I think it's not going to go well for some period of time, for sure.
0: I've never been in Joel's... Fan club on this show. I think he broke things. Could you
1: be? I mean, right at the beginning,
0: this business with with May. It's just I wouldn't play any of this the way Joel plays it ever.
1: (laughs) I feel like that's everything we said in season one and two. We're like Joel, (laughs) boundaries get some.
0: Speaking of boundaries, let's talk about things over at the Maisel's house between the Wiseman's and the Maisel's, how the Maisel's appear to have no boundaries.
1: Holy smokes. I mean, you know, at first blush, I was very like, you know, Moish and Shirley are like way too much. Like they're way too loud. They're way too, they have so much energy. They get going so early in the morning. But I have to tell you, having watched it more than once now, I actually feel like, you know what? they're go-getters. They're hustlers. Like they're out there working their butt off. Yeah. I mean, Shirley is multitasking. She has the TV on, she has the radio on, she's, you know, cooking at the same time, but you know what? That's not that weird. You know, I listen to a podcast and have the TV on and I'm watching a couple different things or I'm cooking and also watching something on the Alexa show. Like there's a lot of stuff going on that I don't actually think it's that crazy. I know that at first it seemed that way, but Again, having watched it again... At least them being up and being loud, I didn't have an issue with the coming in their room, pulling back the cover. Okay, obviously, <laughs> boundary lines crossed. You know,
0: well, and they were. She fully expected them to be sleeping naked, and she I pulled know. the blankets down anyway.
1: <laughs> Very weird, but I, but at the same time, you know what? I think about other things. If it's laundry day, and you have like a specific way that you handle it, which plenty of households do this, where they have like a specific day that they clean, specific day that they do laundry, specific every day they do errands. There's a lot of households that run this way. It's not that crazy. And you have to put yourself back like, you know, decades ago where I've got to think that the machines are not as efficient. They don't go as fast. All of these chores are more time consuming than we are giving them credit for. You know, there's, there's not as much automatic nature of everything. Right. So, and also while Rose is accustomed to having a cook, And someone who cleans and does all that stuff surely does it herself. She doesn't appear to have any help. So it's not so crazy to me that she would be needing to be more rushed and needing to be like getting everything done because she has a lot to do. She's doing it herself. Again, this was all on second and third watches that I felt this way. First watch, super overwhelmed by them. Super like, what are you doing? But, you know, again, having someone who's staying with you block you in, well, maybe the way that that Moish comes in and talks to them is a bit much like, why would Abe think it was okay to block his car in?
0: If you're looking at it from Abe's point of view, Abe might have just said, well, why did, would you let me park this way in the first place if you knew that you were going to leave? Why wouldn't we have just—why wouldn't have gotten all of the information up front? Like, I leave at 4 a.m., so I definitely can't have you park behind me ever.
1: B- b- both couples— think everyone does it the way they do it. So Abe and Rose don't think to ask, what time do you get up and get going in the morning? Because they assume it's the same time, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, whatever time they normally get up is the normal time that everyone else does it. And here's Moist and Shirley thinking, everyone who lives in Queens, we all get up at like factory worker time. We're all getting up. We're all getting to work.
0: That's probably the big difference is, is Moish.
1: He was running like a school day schedule.
0: One way to look at it is that he owns a factory. Another way to look at it is that he is self-employed. So mm-hmm. that's probably the bigger way. Whereas thousand percent. Abe working for a school, it's not that that's an ambitiousless profession. It's just that the rules are different.
1: No, I mean, tenu- tenured professor's hours would be completely different than a self-employed person who is running a factory. It would just be completely different. So again, I think that this is just a clashing of lifestyles. I actually don't, act, I know it will be super easy to mock and, and say that Moish and Shirley are being so too much and all that stuff, but You know what? They are are hardworking people. You know, they look at how many things that Shirley is trying to get done. Look at what time Moish does get to work and how energetic and everything they are. You know, they're not dragging to work. They're like, got to get in there. Got to do their stuff. When he yells into Shirley to say he's going to be late and she goes, you got it, toots. That kind of energy level. So early in the morning and that partnership, I actually completely was like envious that that's like, wow, that's wonderful.
0: I'm more of an Abe the the tv and the radio at the same time loudly with that whatever she was preparing for the food that was also kind of frying loudly she said
1: it was onions and, and she, everything so that's what rose was complaining about that the smell so early in the morning was like overwhelming
0: all of the sensory at all at the same time like that yeah i could i could see where they're like going back up to their room after,
1: <laughs> which that was a perfectly good choice like okay so you are gonna have to get up you're gonna have to deal with them but it looked like you could go back to your room and go take a nap or something you know like it It did look like you could kind of deal with them and go back to your space but
0: and it's cute they bring zelda with them
1: i know and zelda's like could i please come in here <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean and even for zelda she's like oh well she's like do you want me to stir this like what am i doing
0: they don't know what to do with zelda they, you know, they don't need a cook anymore. But now what, they, now what do they do with Zelda? Turn her loose? Oh, no. How do they pay her wages? I mean, are barely providing room and board at this point.
1: It's all weird. I, I don't know. We're going to have to watch to see how that works out. You know what else we're going to have to watch to see how it works out? Tell me. Definitely Sophie Lennon with this crazy Broadway dream. What do you think is going to happen with this one?
0: Susie is living the faking it till you make it adage at this point. And it seems like she's almost making it with all this faking it, right?
1: Yeah. I was impressed that she actually was doing impressions in order to get people to, to hold meetings with her.
0: And it's building her confidence, maybe even pushing her confidence a little further beyond than it has you know, any good reason to be. The business with Gavin and getting that was a stretch for her meeting someone that she has you know no background with but just kind of barging in under false pretenses etc cetera, etc cetera, with like the the Broadway agents and all that then but the hilarious part for me was was Sophie's response that 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 you get the biggest Broadway star and she's like meh what if I'm not sexually attracted to him
1: that entire thing I was- said <laughs>
0: <laughs> it actually reminded me of something that a man might say about a woman co-star.
1: I like what you're saying with that. I think that it's smart.
0: You remember this line from from Dark Place, where uh, it's a show called Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. It's very niche. Uh, you will not have seen it. It might be on Peacock still. Uh, there's only four characters: three men, one woman, one woman, <laughs> one woman, and one of the others is one of the men is convincing the other men she's a good girl because they're always demeaning this woman. And he says, I know, but I'm just not attracted to her. That, that idea of, of the attraction level being the justification for any other treatment there too, Mm. uh, just reminded me of, of this attitude. Yeah. And so that's what it reminded me of. And
1: I appreciated it from the standpoint of when Susie's like, I don't know, Act. It, it, it is like head shaking where you're like, oh, my God. And plus, in this particular case, I mean, I'm gonna be real specific here. Sovie Lennon and this entire Broadway thing and specifically the play she's wanting to do. It's all so far fetched that like for her to start being picky like this. I mean, you almost just want to be like shake her by the shoulders, you know, and obviously that's how we're supposed to feel as the audience. Like she is just going to be, you know, princess in the pea on right. everything.
0: Do you want to get this made or not? is really the attitude that she should have, but she won't because
1: she's mm-hmm. Sophie Lennon. What do you think? How, how do you feel about how Susie's handling this whole thing? How Susie like actually went to Gavin and, and how she handled that whole situation. I mean, are you proud of how, how like bold she's being and, and how hard she's working?
0: Well, that's what I mean about the faking it till she makes it. She's, but she's making it. I mean, she got Gavin to say, yes, she, Even though she has probably no idea where all this money is going to come from to pay for Gavin's big fee, she's she's just, just promising the world to try to make things perfect for Sophie so that she can get her play made. So, yes, I guess I would say I am proud of her because... Doing that kind of thing, promising things that she can't even, that she has no like concept of, I think is outside of where her, her character had come from. So it's it's a kind of growth. It's it's a growth toward being able to tell better lies. So I don't know if that's, that's <laughs> well, growth exactly. She's being bolder
1: and bolder. I mean, I, I think she's taking off, taking on a lot more with every episode you know like she's willing to to reach out i mean i can't believe that she actually gained access to gavin hawks dressing room and everything like i mean i'm i'm impressed i'm frankly very impressed that she's managing to do this now it's so tricky because I always think of it as, you know, managers, I don't know, manage the direction of your career. Now, the big problem with this situation is that Sophie is most definitely the one with her hands on the steering wheel. This dynamic, I think is super problematic for the two of them because because basically Sophie like puts, you know, puts her foot on the gas, drives them off a cliff, and then Susie's got to manage how they kind of land, you know there's no guidance coming from Susie as like the, the um, originator of where we're going next, you know? Mm. So I think that this is going to be super problematic because Susie's always running to catch up, like as to what in the world Sophie is trying to do next. That's not really managing. I don't really know what that is. That's damage control after the fact. I mean, it's Mm. not exactly managing.
0: That's probably more like it. I've never heard it put like that, but yeah. I've never been totally clear on what the differences between the manager and an agent maybe we're not even supposed to care at this stage
1: well i would say it's on some level i mean managing a career like okay so i'll give you the example of like the kardashians at least the way that it's explained kris kardashian is their momager right she is the manager but the the way that it's handled is you actually put a lot of thought into how you're steering it which way you're going which platforms you're using what are you going more fashion are you going more makeup are you going more acting are you doing like but there's like forethought like one step leads to another and you're you're literally molding a career to create a certain package you know by the end of it this is a lot of like with Britney Spears and all of the ah because the wrong people got their hands on her and managed to make it this entire train wreck you know mm-hmm. so it's it's this game now i don't i consider managers to be much closer to the person like, because I think they handle like personal things and they handle, they handle like a lot of things within their world versus like agents. I think this is just my opinion. I could be dead wrong are more like the booking part of it. Like they actually are more the person dealing with it. But I think that for, in this case, you know, Susie's doing it all, you know, Susie Meyer and associates. Right. So, you know, she's handling like all the things I was thinking about. um, What is the show that we just watched? where the agent calls and it's judith light it's in tick tick boom but it's like basically can it's like yes there's an agent but they're so like not hands-on at least in this particular case you know that they but i want to think of a manager as actually much more guidance and curating your choices so that you go a certain way you know i see i look at it like that now maybe that's not correct. And certainly you can see there's a difference in the way that Susie, Susie interacts with Midge versus the way Susie interacts with Sophie. That's why I see, like, I think that the, the Midge and Susie interactions are more proper manager, like actually, you know, handles the checks, handles the jobs, you know, doing that kind of thing versus, and like kind of keeps Midge a little out of it. Like she doesn't know they don't have the professional pictures done, like that kind of thing. Where Sophie, she's like... (sighs) running down the street and Susie's just running behind her, you know?
0: What do you think about Susie and what the scene with um, the food and beverage manager and negotiating the check and and all of that, where she's openly fearful of of him because she saw him and his buddies beating up that other guy. And she's fearful of that. But for the rest of the episode, she's very bold. By the end of the episode, she's, she's running the craps table like she's... Was born on it, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> well, a couple things to that. I mean, I think the gambling thing, I think, is going to be a potential gigantic problem moving forward. I think that there's a fair shot she's going to lose money in a way that's going to make this be a very big problem. An after-school special. An after-school special. <laughs> why, why Susie shouldn't gamble? Everything with Angie. I mean, remember we had previous episodes where she had to deal with the thugs, you know that were sent to to ah, basically yeah, beat her right. up. And so she does have experience a little bit with that part, but I mean, I don't know, she's a small woman. Like I feel like there's a reasons to be scared of this level of mobster, you know, to be interacting with as opposed to two producers who who the worst they're going to do is say no, we're not going to give you money. You know, they're not going to beat her up in the deli. You know, there's no reason to be frightened of that situation. They're just the worst they do is say no. But Ange, woo, <laughs> he's he's willing to bloody people. You can get jaded like maybe
0: watching TV with characters portraying similar character types, archetypes anyway, in different genres, and different time periods, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But there's a certain similarity in them anyway, regardless of all that. Depending on certain factors, you may see the same kind of thing, a woman being put in the same position, but she is just commanding with her, with her voice and she's not to be fucked with and etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And everyone just, just bows down because that's the way the narrative is supposed to go. But is it real? Is it realistic that, that this guy who you just saw beating another human— wouldn't just be like physical with with this smaller human regardless man woman in front of him in in a lot of shows no you don't you don't see that right that's true that's maybe where i'm thinking maybe why i am questioning well why doesn't she just rise up and it's in the idea is that actually no in this era in this setting in this man's office that's a horrible idea
1: Yeah, I mean, no, you can see that he's willing to take it to a whole nother level than than other people she's dealt with. And here's the thing, to be clear, she wasn't crossing him in some way. It seemed like the man who was getting beat in there had gone to another casino. Somehow, some sort of exclusivity had been breached there. Somehow, uh, whatever was happening, the show, whatever, whatever the thing was, was only supposed to be happening in Angie's casino, not in another one. And he had gone to another one. So there was a, like a betrayal happening here. Okay, this was a bookkeeping thing. And to be honest with you, I do think that that Angie's like is surprisingly fatherly towards Susie and Midge but he definitely is his encouraging words is like oh get in here like he he is very warm and fuzzy with them um, in a way that can be a little bit surprising but I mean I think that those guys have to have both sides of them like that you know that's kind of what makes them dynamic and and appealing to a mass group of people they have to be able to smack someone around but also have that sweet side
0: I just mentioned that my attitude toward Susie might have been affected by me seeing women in other TV shows. Yeah. So perhaps me seeing Angie is also colored by like me. Sopranos and stuff like that. Our recent Sopranos binge where getting the attention of the boss is risky good or bad that's true on the on the on the one hand he may say thank you for bringing this to my attention cuz now i know someone might be skimming in my organization and i got to go take care of that on the other hand he might be like i'm having a really bad day and you're the last Person to give me shit today
1: thousand percent i mean i i you know and i think that's why she was playing it the way she was where she was like never mind never mind never mind you know (laughs) because she saw that maybe this isn't the best idea but at the same time i thought he handled it like a like on the up and up like a businessman like we've been actually having some trouble with payroll let me get this fixed we can get it fixed right now for you i mean i think he handled it very cleanly and correctly you know by quickly handling the situation and it shows you that he's not someone who's out of touch with his business because he could glance at that check and know the amount was wrong now there's plenty of bigwigs who would have no idea what that check should say or not certainly not know if it was just a little off so I thought that that was kind of some interesting character building about him that he 100% knew what was going on plus he didn't just send thugs out for that guy who got beat up. That guy got beat up in his office with him getting yelled at by Ange. Like, there's a whole part of that that was like he had he is hands on <laughs> literally with this business, you know. And I mean, I trust him with Midge and Susie. Now, is could he be somebody that you don't want to cross in the future that could you know prove dangerous to them?
0: Only if they got crossways with his interests. As long as they're honoring their end of the deal. No, I don't think so. I think he's, I think he is safe. They take money from him. They do something that they shouldn't be doing. Then all bets are off.
1: Not take money. What was the, what was the problem with the other guy?
0: If They break a deal.
1: He went to another casino. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I could see them then getting crossways with him is if something like that happens, I don't see them doing that. I I think they're going to, I think they're just going to, They put their little train on the tracks, and I think they're just going to putt-putt along here. I don't think that there's any reason to have another problem with him, but we have spent an awful lot of time with him. And we have, like, in terms of character building, we know he has a wife. We know he has a girlfriend. We know that he goes and sees the shows. We know that he's enjoying Midge. Like, there's a lot, actually, that we're learning about him and how this works versus, say, like, where was Reggie last night? I don't know. You know, we're like this
0: whole whole episode.
1: I know This is what I'm saying. Like, we're actually learning quite a bit about Ange and how he runs his show in a way that like I'm kind of wondering, maybe we're going to continue with him. Maybe there'll be more with him, which I'm cool with. Yeah. I, I think I he's mean, an interesting character.
0: I don't you know, I, the, the tone of this show it would surprise me if anything got very twisty and turny with mob figures. I'd be like, mm, I don't know about okay, that. Kind of cool. His element does introduce a, a, a curiosity for me that I pay attention to whenever I see him because he's, he's like no one else that's been on the show so far.
1: Right. And he's exciting. Like, I don't know exactly where that little path could go. I, wanna, I want to kind of see him add that element of spice into this. I think it's pretty fun.
0: Well, where do we go from this episode, Caroline.
1: Well, I'm curious to see if the Gavin-Sophie uh, connection is going to actually happen and we're going to move forward. I mean, obviously, when you bring in an actor like Carrie Elways, I mean, hello, that's not a throwaway situation. So I think we're going to continue to see him. And so that makes me think that that's 100% going to move forward. Um, and then let's see, what do you think is going to happen to be between Susie and Midge? Is everything going to be okay? I know. Remember, Midge gets very nervous whenever Susie goes away. So are they going to have more bumps or are we going to be okay? Not. I think everything will be okay right away. Uh, Do you think Susie's going to be like, why did you marry Joel? Are we we cruising for a, a conversation there?
0: Well, she's already been put on the trail of needing to solve the quickie divorce issue. Mm hmm. So, yes, I think it will be a little bit like uh, that's not going to be as easy as you thought, even though, you know, you and I rationally think that it should be. Um, <laughs> I
1: would hope it would be. But maybe back then it wouldn't be. Maybe now, no problem. But maybe then they don't take it so, so lightly. That judge sure didn't.
0: I know they're in Vegas, but Reno was where people could go and live for a short amount of time. The way that the laws were written in Nevada, you could get a divorce um, quickly. Them by quickly, it was like something like six months or something like that. Whereas, um I guess other places you'd have to be married a much longer period of time before they would. Right, and Las so. Vegas
1: and Reno are both in Nevada, so right,
0: yeah. So the idea of this Reno divorce, I've I've heard of other places.
1: Oh, uh, uh, Six okay. months may
0: be too long. Maybe it's just six weeks. Yeah, yeah. I would
1: think it quickie was, would be faster than six months. I think that the uh, Moish, Shirley, Abe, Rose storyline is going to probably get even more hectic, Do you more think it'll crazy. come to
0: fisticuffs?
1: God, I hope not. I mean, it would be nice if they could kind of meet each other in the middle, you know, where maybe Moish and Shirley would back a little bit off and Abe and Rose would kind of tolerate a little more. Um, but dang, I don't know. I mean. <laughs>
0: I don't think fisticuffs, but I do think verbal sparring. The Paladinos don't produce shows with a lot of f- you know, fists a flying, but, but talking, talk fighting. Yes.
1: Yeah. 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 Spitting at each other a thousand percent. I'll be interested to see if any of that trickles down to Joel and Midge. And, you know, is it going to be where like, you know, now the kids don't have someplace to go or is it going to get any weirder? Like, is it going to mess up? midges plants with the tourists are going to mess up anything going on with joel and and everything like i don't know i mean i could definitely see where the four of them not getting along could 100 percent roll downhill to midge and joel
0: well that's a good idea because the time allotted for the mazel grandparents it'd be interesting if they got um protective of it and say the wisemans are like hey our grandkids are here and the what and the mazel's are like yeah, this they're here time. to see us.
1: <laughs> right. That could get very dicey. I could definitely see that. Well, I look forward to next week's episode. This is Caroline.
0: This is Paul. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast or all of our podcasts on Pod, Clubhouse, on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Audible, wherever you listen to podcasts. Five stars or whatever their highest rating would help other people find this podcast. So thanks a lot.